Thank you for tuning in. My prayer is that this message is going to be an encouragement to you personally and will cause great growth in your life. It's time to live. It's time to take this next step forward. God bless you as you listen. All right, all right. I love you guys. Woo! Happy post-Thanksgiving. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a new way of greeting people after Thanksgiving. Happy post-Thanksgiving. Well, I'm ready to dive into God's Word. Uh, get your Bibles, Bible apps, open up to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews is in the New Testament, about, about oh, eight-tenths of the way through the Bible, nine-tenths of the way through the Bible. Go ahead, near the very back. Hebrews chapter number 12. Well, it's still Thanksgiving weekend, right? Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving? I did. It's a great time. I had, I had a great time over the past several days. I, I, I took several days of personal time, and I rested, and I spent time with my family. During that time, my son Devin got engaged. Yeah. I succeeded again. I think it's my fifth year in a row at Thanksgiving, Black Friday, all that stuff, of not going to a shopping center. Yeah, for me, that's a victory. Yeah, because I, shopping is, 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 like, is like the antithesis of, of you know, I, I just don't like shopping. So, so I, that, that makes me extra happy. I got to see my parents in West Texas this past week. My dad gave me some of his massive sweet potatoes from his garden, and I liked that. I brought the sweet potatoes back, and, and I got all the West Texas sand off of them, and and dad, dad said, you want to take these home? I'm like, yeah. So I, I, I was like, you know, there are a lot of things you can do with this. And, and one of my favorites is to make our, we, I like the sweet potato casserole stuff. But, but actually what it is, it's, you know, it's just like marshmallows and sweet potatoes. I'm like, whatever. But, but uh, you know, like, like my mom would make it, make it like that. And then she'd put just like a few little marshmallows on top. Like that is not the way that I make it. When I make it, I stack the marshmallows up. You should see it cooking in the oven. It just rises higher and higher and higher. I love it. The marshmallows are overflowing. That makes me, it's basically marshmallows with some, uh, with some sweet potatoes on the side, but hey, it still works. It's Thanksgiving. You got to have fun with it. But I was excited about making that. So it was last Wednesday. I was going to get a head start. So I went to the kitchen and, and cleaned all those, those, uh, fresh sweet potatoes off and got my little potato peeler and went I love those things, don't you? You know, I love them. I used to cut myself with those when I was a kid, like slice my hand. Ah! But, but I've learned how to not do that now. And so I would slice it and just, you know, in, into the sink. And, and then after uh, I got to this point where I'd sliced, where I'd taken care of all the, the peels and, and okay, ready to get rid of those peels. Well, I love our, you know, I, I love our world today. You have the garbage disposals, like put them right down there. So I turn the water on, start slowly putting them in. You know, you got to slowly and cautiously do that all the time. And it got to a place to where it just kept grinding and grinding and grinding, but the water started rising. I was like, why is the water rising? And it's the weirdest thing. I, what I saw in the water of all these pieces of sweet potato and the water rising, and it was, a, it was, a, it was an orange-brownish water. I, all of a sudden, I had this flashback to when I was a kid. It's so weird. I, I had this flashback of, I was probably five or six years old, of my mother, and it was our first garbage disposal we ever had. And, and, and she was, she had done the same thing in her kitchen. And I remember looking at it, just thinking that's about the grossest thing I've ever seen. Because it, it looks, I'm telling you guys, that looks gross. And I, I recall also my dad having to come in later, getting under the sink and doing all that and, and having to, to do something like, oh man, I'm gonna have to get it under the sink. That's not my, that's not my skill. I have no expertise there. But I thought, wait a minute, there's the toilet plunger. 
Nobody was around, so I could secretly go into the bathroom and get the toilet plunger and bring it to the sink. I think an I am genius. I have figured this out. This is wonderful. And so, but what I didn't realize is, you know, when you put the pressure into the commode, the toilet, it's going through a different kind of pipe than the kind of pipes underneath the sink. And so I did it like, throw boom, boom, boom. And the whole sink was just like, this is fun. Yeah. And all of a sudden there was this explosion underneath the sink as the, as the pipes all came loose and out came gushing water and these little bits of orange. It looked like all over the floor inside the whole, it looked like someone barfed and exploded in that, in that kitchen. It was about the ugliest sight imaginable. So I tried to stop it and, and clean it up. And I was so embarrassed having to do all that. And, 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 uh, and, uh, and then I have to go back and fix it because you got to fix it. And, and I tried, I had to take it all apart and get all the sweet potato out and then try to put it back together. You know that I just need to tell you this. I don't understand why they make it so difficult. Some of you guys who love to play with pipes, good for you. But there were like five, there, I think six, I think six different joints and couplings in there where I had to go back in and figure it out. And so I take it all apart real fast to try to fix it, but I can't put it back together. It doesn't make sense. And so I would have to do it for a while and then stop and come back later and think about it and come back later. And so I sat down and like, oh, Rebecca, let's just watch a movie. And then right during the middle of the movie, I got an idea. Oh, I bet you this one goes like that and that. And so I go back in. Finally, I get it all put together by the end of the night. That was my fun experience for Thanksgiving. You know, you kind of just feel just, just things, I feel a little overwhelmed, but on the other hand, I fixed it and I didn't have to call anybody to help me. Wow. Yeah, Rebecca said, I can help you. No, don't you help me. <laughs> don't like help. <laughs> you know what though? Life in itself can be like that. It can be just overwhelming. Um, and here's the, here's the deal. I think hell wants you to feel overwhelmed. I think hell wants to wants you to pile all of these unrealistic expectations of yourself upon yourself so that you smother. I think the enemy uh, tells you this. is like, hey, in order to succeed, you're going to have to just keep going and going and going and doing a million things and practically burn out. Uh-huh. And it messes with your emotional health and your physical health and you can't sleep. You don't feel like you can measure up with personal relationships and you're not moving fast enough. And then you set these crazy goals for yourself, you know, and some exaggeration of some of my own goals are things like this is you got to read, I've got to read 10 books this month, you know, and I, I've got to work out an average of 65 minutes every day. I'm going to have to do three date nights a week with my significant other. We need to read the Old Testament and start from the beginning and get it all read by January 1st. And then I want, we need to attend at least 25 Christmas parties between now and Christmas. That's an average of one per day and take advantage of the, of this booming stock market and double your retirement by January 1st and average 7.36 hours of sleep per night, which is actually, I've calculated, that is what my average, that's what I need. That's just weird, I know. But, but you have to, you're gonna have to get all the sleep in that you need and then, then plan to work an extra 20 hours per week because two of your three employees have decided to have a baby this month and they've saved up all their vacation time to be with their wives and their babies. So, you know, here we go. Yeah, that, that's kind of like what some of you are facing. Probably not that last one. That's me. But 
we did this online survey last week, uh, last night, through the City Life app, and uh, as of this morning, early this morning, 77% of you said that 2019 is best described with the word challenging, and no one said that 2019 has been effortless. Yeah, you know, challenge is good. Uh, Challenge stretches us um, because... Uh, you know, that's, that's what the purpose of challenge is. But, but the truth is, is that challenge goes way too far quite too often because we get scattered and we get overwhelmed and then the challenge becomes toxic. And a lot of you guys are living in toxic challenge right now. And I'm just telling you, it's time to fight back. It's time to fight back at being overwhelmed. You got any fighters out here today, all right? You guys, you guys want a weapon? Yeah, you guys like weapons, right? You're good Texans, okay? So we all like weapons, right? Yeah, okay, good. So, so I'm gonna give you a weapon, and today we're gonna learn to, we're gonna fight back against this thing of being overwhelmed. We're gonna fight this villain of, of us being scattered and overwhelmed in life. So today, my message title is... What's your word? What's your word? Okay, on your seat today, there are these little cards. I want you to pull one out, one word for 2020. And if for some reason you can't find your card, these friendly, happy hosts and ushers and usherettes and all those people, they're walking around with them right now, eager and happy to give you one. You're gonna need one of these. So I want every single person to get one right now, please. While you're getting this... um, uh, I want to just remind you of one of our values, one of our core, four core values here at our church is called intention. And intention is stated this way as we value bold creative strategies that focus our efforts on possibilities yet unseen. But, but part of this is that when we begin to, to talk this out or with, our, with ourselves, and you guys, if you've been around with us for a while, you know how important this is to us, is part of this is, is we say we collectively as city lifers we resist a haphazard approach to life. We resist it. That's something that you're going to hear in our teaching and really who we, who we strive to be as individuals and as a congregation. See, because the, the truth is there's so much more to your life than you can imagine and living in a haphazard manner gets you nowhere. But the culture wants you to go haphazard. Kind of crazy. Today, I'm going to ask you to discover and rediscover how God desires to, to touch you and use you and work through you. And, and, and I'm not talking about you trying to put more stuff into your calendar or do more things. It's actually about narrowing your focus. It's about designing, designing your future and choosing just one single solitary word that's going to propel you into the next year coming up here in 30 days. I'm challenging you today to focus your future with one word. Say that with me. Focus your future with one word. Now that you have that memorized, you don't even have to look at the screens. Look at the person next to you and say it to them. Come on, look at them. Say, focus your future with one word. And if you didn't say, talk to somebody or nobody talked to you, you turn to the other person. Come on, turn to the other person and then say that again. Focus your future with one word. That's it. You know, the, the more you shove into your life, the, uh, the less that you're going to have available to you, really. In fact, here's a little statement I, that, that I want to make. I think it's really important. It says, when you cram stuff in, you crowd God out. Here's the deal. I know every one of you guys want to make room for God you wouldn't even be here today. So I'm gonna just build on that assumption. 
you guys all want to have God at the center of your life. But when you shove more stuff into your life, there's actually less room for God. And my observation as a pastor over the years has been that when people do this, when we do this, trouble then begins to brew in your life, in your family, in your home, physically. Trouble begins to stir up and you become broken. Really, cramming so much into your life actually is a recipe for disaster and you're at huge risk of just caving into this scattered, abrupt, crazy life where there's no daily direction. So I'm giving you, I'm gonna give you a few little, what I call tweetable quotables here today, just some little sayings that can help you. Some of you have heard some of me share some of these before. Here, here's one of them, is when you stop caring about the things you really care about, you're too busy. <laughs> See, because what, really, what do we really care about? What, what matters most? Well, Come on, eternity, uh, living your purpose, loving your family, uh, worshiping God, helping other people, making a difference in the world. I mean, we'll, we'll all agree on, on those. You know, those are the things we care about the most. But, but when you can't even care about those things that you really care about the most, then you're too busy, you're too scattered. Another is this, here it is. A successful life is a disciplined life. That's part of what I'm talking about today because discipline is actually what drives you forward. See, your focus really, really does matter. And when you, when you care about that focus and you're, you're, you're aiming in this one direction, a lot of the extra fluff of life, you can push it out of the way and it's okay. You know, when you begin with the end in mind, you actually become laser focused. Another one is this. Here's another one. It says, when we try to do everything, nothing is effective. You guys ever have a day like that? So you want to have 20 things you want to do and you start working on all 20 things at the same time. Nothing gets done. At the end of the day, you're exhausted and you don't have anything to show for it. I mean, we, we've all done that before. Here's another one is failing to plan is planning to fail. Uh, you know, value preparation. Value the calendar. Do the preparation because that actually allows you, it, it gives you the margin to take new territory. For example, for me, I know I'm going to have to carve out time during the week for certain things that are priorities for me, and I, they're on my calendar. You guys know about this. I mean, I'm going to put my exercise time on my calendar. I'm going to put, put time with, with, with Rebecca on my family time on my calendar. I'm going to put all those things on my calendar that, that mean the most to me, uh, but I also block out about 20 to 25 hours per week of study time. And you know, it's just like, that's just the way it's going to be because I'm going to prepare for Sunday message because if I don't do that, the pressures of life will, will press in and then Sunday's going to come. I didn't take any time to prepare and then I'll get up here and ramble and tell a bunch of jokes and we won't even go anywhere. I'll waste your time. And that for me is a fail and it's, and I don't want to take you into a fail. So, so that's part of my discipline. I don't want to prepare to fail by failing to prepare. See, my planning also tends to always start with my one word. Uh, my one word puts everything into focus for me and it puts things into perspective. And I believe that uh, discovering this word from God, it, it, it becomes like a catalyst for life change. Uh, some of you, you're, you're dealing with procrastination. Some of you, you, you feel paralyzed to take action, and today's the day you're going to break out of this. And I, 
if you're feeling that way, I can almost guarantee the reason you're feeling that way is because you have so many things going on. Life's just so scattered. I'm going to ask you right now, before this, right as we begin to move into this holiday season, get some fresh perspective for the coming year so that when 2020 arrives, you can and you will surge forward. You're going to focus your future with one word for this next year. Stop, stop letting the clutter and the busyness rule your life. Just, just, just stop. And the way to do that is to back off and narrow it down. You can set next year up for success if you get some focus and some clarity right now and you can soar into 2020. I ask you to turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse one. I'd like for you to look at that in your Bibles right now. The writer of Hebrews says this well. He says, let us throw off everything that hinders. Hold that there for a second. Throw off everything that hinders. The picture there is not like just taking stuff and just dropping it. But you know, you, you take stuff that's hindering and you hurl it. You get, get it as far away from you as possible. Throw it off. That's like throw it overboard, okay? Throw off everything that hinders. What's everything that hinders? It's anything and everything that hinders. I love it because it's broad. It's right there. And the writer of Hebrews says, then there's another category and the sin that's so easily entangled. So sin is, is part of what needs to be thrown overboard, okay? And then let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's our one focus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So get rid of what's weighing you down and begin to focus. Today, I give you that challenge. See, because hell wants you scattered. God wants you focused. Today, it's time to, to, to clean out your spiritual closet. Today, it's time to clean up your emotional garage. Hone in on that one thing that, that God is putting on your heart and will put on your heart during this message today to live focused in the year 2020. And I believe that when you focus on that one thing, life will become more simple. David said this in Psalm 27 verse 4. He said, one thing, one thing I ask from the Lord This only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. Now, David was a king. I mean, he would have had a lot of responsibility, but he honed in on his one thing, and it caused, it it really caused all the rest of his life to fall in line. I would say if we were to summarize David's one thing into a simple word, it would have been worship. And, and you, you look at the life of David, it's like, yeah, really, worship was his one thing. And he was a stinking good leader because he was a worshiper, you see? Are you willing? Stinking good, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a higher level of good than just good. They're stinking good. And then they're stanking good, all right? That's a Texas way of saying it, all right. Now, but though, are you willing to take your one thing and put it into one word for 2020 so that you can specify your trajectory for the coming year? There was once this one uh, wealthy guy uh, who lived in the big city, came to talk with Jesus, and he, uh, he obviously had a lot going on for him. He was well-respected in the community. Uh, 
He was hardworking. We could tell he's intelligent. He was a church attendee. He was successful at his career. So, so he went to Jesus and he said, Jesus, what do I need to do to, uh, to maximize my life? And what do I need to do to get access into eternity? And, and so Jesus brought it home to him. Jesus made it really clear and simple. And he, says, he looked at him and he said, well, one thing you lack, just one, one. He said, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and then come follow me. So I would say his one word for him would have been sacrifice, sacrifice. Now, you see already, we've already talked to, shown you too from the scriptures here, God says different things to different people. So what's your one word going to be for 2020? And just like light that's focused becomes a laser that can literally cut through steel I believe that a life focused on that one word is going to cut through your scattered status quo. It's time to do that. One word, it's, I mean, it's simple. It's powerful. See, I, I believe this, that simplicity, when you do simplicity right, it's going to bring an impact, and it always will. And after you get your one word, you need to tell some people. You need to share it with some other people because it will enhance your relationships. Uh, when people closest to you, when they know what your one word is, then th- it's going to allow you to become sharper and you'll be able to sharpen them and, and, and they're going to challenge you and stretch you to new heights. So, hey, share your one word with your family. Post it somewhere. Share it with your connect group. Share it with your ministry team. And, and really, it's not so much of trying to find your one word, <laughs> but it's allowing your one word to find you. So you ask yourself, you know, some basic questions. What do, I, what do I really need? What do I truly need? Not want, what do I need in all areas of my life? What, what do I need to change? Why do I need to make the change? How should I make the change? Uh, what's in my way? What kind of obstacles are preventing my personal spiritual growth? And some of the barriers that might be there for you, they may just be in your mind. You might literally be held hostage by memories of the past. I'm talking bitterness. I'm talking pain, a lack of forgiveness, mistakes. And it's holding you back and it's all in your mind. And now it's time today just to make a decision that you're going to become laser focused for the new year right now so that you can begin to own that one word and begin to ruminate over it over the next 30 days. Get it into your heart. Get it into your mind. Find it in the scriptures. And and I believe amazing miracles will begin to happen in your life. You know, there are a lot of different ways it impacts your life. When you focus your, uh, you'll be able to focus your spiritual future with your one word. It works in all different areas. I mean, there's, well, there's one guy, he, he, uh, he chose the word breakthrough. His desire was to have breakthrough in every area of his life, but especially spiritually. And so his goal was basically to go from the ordinary to the extraordinary. And, and so God directed him with his word breakthrough to begin identi- identifying specific obstacles and barriers that were keeping him from going to the next level in his life. And so he began to remove those barriers and he renewed spiritual disciplines. He broke through by the end of the year. He's a different person spiritually. You know, you can also focus your physical future with the one word. That's another one of the benefits. There's this lady who chose the word believe for her word. Uh, Later in the year, she was diagnosed with stage four cancer and was given slim odds for uh, survival. She experienced this just new depths and dimensions of the word that God had given her to trust God, to believe, believe, believe for the impossible. She believed no matter what. And then she received her physical healing in the process. 
You can focus your emotional future with the one word. This guy by the name of John, and his, his, his word was surrender. <laughs> and he was a real control freak. And so surrender was his word. And, and on New Year's Day, he, he, uh, he injured his knee and he could barely walk. And, and then as soon as he heard that, as soon as that happened, he heard the word surrender, surrender. He was realizing that he's not in control anymore. And it, it actually led to a year of personal emotional transformation for him. Uh, you can also, your one word will also help you to focus on your relational future. Uh, this guy by the name of Dan, his word for the year was healing. Um, it's because his dad had leukemia and he was hoping that his dad would be healed. And uh, his dad passed away though. But the healing actually happened to Dan because the healing was relational between him and his dad during that time. Dan's heart was healed from past pain during that time period, healing. One word will also help you to focus your mental future. Um, there's a guy by the name of Jimmy, his, uh, his word for the year was detox. He wanted to remove uh, any, all the toxic stuff in his life that was keeping him from his future, from his best. And so Jimmy, he began to, he realized that it was all originating in his thoughts. And so he began to examine his thought life and remove the negative critical patterns of thinking, that just get rid of the negativity. And he replaced all that with thoughts of possi- possibility, positivity, and faith. And he transformed himself by having this just overcoming spirit in every area of his life. Also, another thing that your one word will do for you is help you to focus even your financial future. Yeah, that's a good thing. There's this business owner who did this with his, with his team and uh, he had each person on the team create their own one word and they kept it alive all year long and it resulted in this new focus and power and energy and engagement. They said it was the best year lever ever for the business. This year, 2019, the 12 most popular words that were chosen for this year from you guys, I, I just want to share them with you because this, this just gives you a little sampling of some of the words. There were so many that were submitted, but there were a few that, that popped up a few extra times. One was boundaries, other commitment and consistency. Other words were focus, intimacy, presence, purpose, clarity, relentless, strength, trust, Surrender. Some of you may have even heard your word right in there. You know, you can also see the beauty of it because they're all so different. So different. Because there is no right or wrong word. There isn't. Well, if your word is like steal things or hate people, you know, that's, that's, that's wrong. So don't, don't do that. Okay, that's, that's not what. But, but my word for this year has been the word blessed. It's forced me to see everything through the eyes of of being blessed. In preparing for this message today, I went back to my journal and I look at what I wrote when I discovered my one word for the year. And I wrote this, it says, my word for 2019 is blessed. Even when I don't feel it, I'm blessed. (laughs) And because I'm blessed and full of the Holy Spirit, I will be a blessing. I am blessed to be a blessing in 2019. And I just, to be really honest with you, that one word shaped my year. But I, one thing that I didn't expect is it, is it caused me to operate in a spirit of gratitude more than I ever have. I love it. I lie down and sleep in peace because I'm blessed. I'm healed by the power of God because I'm blessed. 
this year, I was reflecting on it, you know, when our church became self-governed and sovereign this year, I said, we are blessed. When I found out that we were going to be able to regain 25% of our building, I said, yeah, we are blessed. This year when I discovered that my son Preston and my wonderful daughter-in-law, I just called her my daughter Dakota, I'm going to have a baby and I'm going to be a grandfather here in a few weeks. I just say, I'm blessed. Yeah. When Devin decided to propose to Layla, which means sometime in the future, I'm going to be getting myself a new daughter-in-law. I am blessed. Yeah. Focus your future on one word. What it's going to do for you, it's going to initiate a process of teaching and developing and refining and molding and God will use your word like a light that will shine on dark places in your life and God will also use it as a mirror where it begins to reflect the real you. I believe your one word will illuminate a path ahead of you that will reveal things in your life that you simply need to change. Your one word could be a word of discipline. It could be a fruit of the spirit, maybe a character trait, uh, an attribute of God, but it's going to brand you for the year. Let it do that. And here's the deal. It just might change your life. It just might change your life. Now I want you to look at the cards that I uh, gave to you today. <clears throat> and there are four questions on the front of it, and this is just really here where to start. First question is this, is what is God saying to you right now? See, so God, I, I believe God is speaking to you right now. God is speaking to you right now. It's interesting, I just want to pause here. In the earlier service, there was a person visiting here from Destin, Florida, and, and the person just you know, said, hey, I'm just a guest in town, and I just, I've never been to a church like this before because God talked to me today. I, I, God was speaking to me today. And when, when you said, what is God saying to you now? He said, I heard the voice of God. Now, you may not be audible, but you just know that you know. It's kind of like it's already there. Here's the next question. What area of your life does God want to use? Because God wants to partner with you. So how's that, how's that look? Another question to ask yourself in determining this one word is what area of your life does God want to transform? Maybe there's some clutter that needs to go away. There might be one, two, or three relationships that just need to end. Maybe some habits that need to be tossed out the door. Some destructive thought patterns that need to be purged from your mind. And the fourth question to ask is, how does God want to position you for 2020? You know, it's a lot of fun choosing your one word and as you begin to listen to God right now on this, you know, but I, I just want you to know that it's really not necessarily you who chooses the word. I, I, I tend to believe that in atmospheres like this, God chooses it for you. And I believe that God can drop an anointed specific word into your heart and into your mind. And it's not mysterious and weird like some of you might think. Because God is not a distant, remote entity. My God is a personal God. He deeply cares about you and he cares about every single move you make and everything you are doing and everything you're going to be doing. And God, I, I tell you this, God does want you to put the past behind you and get a laser focus for your future. Paul said it well. He said, one thing I do. What? Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. And I press on toward the goal to reach the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I, I, I bet Paul's one word for that would have just been advance. 
advance. Paul is the scripture, basically what he's doing. He's saying, hey, look at me. I want you to model my simplicity of focus. I want you to model this in your lives. And I think we need to respond to God's word and do the same. Basically, he's saying you need to get past your past. Get, even get past the successes. Get past the failures. Get past the losses. Quit living life looking in the rearview mirror. You're going to crash. Focus your future with one word. That's your challenge. My uh, one word for 2020 is uh, <clears throat> arise. Oh, well, God's speaking that to me about a month ago and I just wrote it down real quick and it's great because I keep, now when I'm reading the scriptures, I'm just finding it everywhere. I, I hear the word everywhere in culture and it's just awakening my senses to all that God is saying to me. And, I, and it may take all of next year for it to all unravel, but in my office, I wrote it on my marker board, my big dashboard marker board that I have in my office and arise right in the middle like for you I'm going to ask Jordan to lead us in this song oh praise the name of the Lord our God again and as he leads us in that song I'm going to ask you to we'll, we'll all stand together and then just bring your cards drop them here at the front make sure you've taken a picture of it yourself or at least memorized what it is and then return to your seats as we sing. Will you stand with me now? Stand with me now and go ahead and begin to come forward as we sing together. Come on. God spoke to you this morning. I tell you, there, there are going to be so many different words submitted today and in the next few weeks as people finish submitting. You know, and, and that's the beauty of what God does. God takes his word and he custom designs it for you. And God spoke something specific to you that he did not speak to someone else in this room. See? That's, that's the power of God's word. That's, that's one of the reasons why we come together. We come together because in this atmosphere, the, the dynamic work of the Holy Spirit is released to do ministry like you can't even believe. Some of you who have been around for a while, it's like, yeah, I'm coming to believe it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I want to speak blessing over you. God bless you and keep you. God, smile on you. Smile on you. Even though you feel you don't deserve it. Even though you think you're not good enough. May God, no, not may. God, smile on you. God, look you full in the face and make you prosper. Now, make Jesus known on your cultural street this week. I'll see y'all next Sunday. God bless you. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.